Hello and welcome to episode 14. In this episode, we will be discussing several skin conditions that are associated with diabetes. You can expect one question on the board exam on this topic. Today, we will be discussing three different scenarios to highlight three different skin conditions that could be tested. In the first scenario, we have a 45-year-old female with history of type 2 diabetes who reports development of skin lesions on her right lower extremity. On exam, there is a brown plaque with a light yellow central area on the interior side of her right leg. The lesion is oval in shape, measures approximately 5 by 7 centimeters, is smooth, without ulceration, and is non-tender to touch. So which one of the following is true about this patient's skin lesion? Number one, it can resolve by improving glycemic control. Two, it's a benign condition that resolves spontaneously and is not typically associated with comorbidity. Three, ulceration can occur in up to 20% of the patients. Or four, the lesion can only occur in patients with diabetes. And the correct answer is, ulceration can occur in up to 20% of patients and can cause morbidity in some patients. So you must have recognized by now that this patient has necrobiosis lipidoica, which was previously called necrobiosis lipidoica diabeticorum. The name was changed actually because these lesions can occur in both patients with and without diabetes. If we biopsied the skin lesion, which is actually advised for confirmation of the skin condition, we would find granulomas full of histiocytes and multinucleated giant cells in a sandwich-like arrangement with necrobiotic collagen. Diabetes control has not been consistently shown to change the course of the disease. This is a chronic granulomatous condition without cure, and it can be associated with morbidity when these lesions ulcerate, which they tend to do in about 10 to 20% of the cases. We typically use topical or intralesional steroids, although not effective for everyone. In resistant cases, phototherapy can be used, but again has limited evidence. Ulcerations are managed with wound care, dressing, and antibiotics as needed to treat infections. And this is the end of the first scenario. In the second scenario, we have a 60-year-old patient with type 1 diabetes managed with NPH and human regular insulin because of insurance problems. Her glucose control had been excellent until recently when she started to have erratic blood sugar readings with many highs and lows. She denies any changes in her insulin regimen. Her insulin had been refrigerated before opening and they are not expired. She usually injects insulin approximately 3 inches to the right or left of her belly button. What is the best next step? 1. Install professional continuous glucose monitor. 2. Start closed-loop insulin pump therapy. 3. Switch to Glargine and Humalog. Or 4. Examine injection sites. And the best answer is to examine the injection sites. This patient with type 1 and long-term insulin use likely has developed lipodystrophy, specifically a form of lipodystrophy called lipohypertrophy, which can actually happen in 20-30% of patients with type 1 who use human insulin products. 
Lipohypertrophy may result from the local anabolic action of insulin on adipocytes, promoting fat and protein synthesis. However, other mechanisms such as the reuse of needles and trauma from frequent injections at the same site have also been postulated. Lipohypertrophy can cause abnormal diffusion of insulin into the bloodstream and can cause atypical onset hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia in a patient who was previously well controlled. Annual examination of the injection site is recommended to screen for lipodystrophy. Visual exam is not sufficient. Palpation of the injection sites can reveal benign tumor-like swelling of the fatty tissue, which can confirm the diagnosis. Patients should be recommended to frequently alternate injection sites. Now, another form of lipodystrophy, called lipoatrophy, is uncommon nowadays and was associated with the previous use of animal insulin and is actually associated with the immune system reaction to the animal insulin so that over the long run it can cause lipoatrophy. Since the discovery of recombinant human insulin and its analogs, lipoatrophy has become rare. And this is the end of the second scenario. In the third scenario, we have a 75-year-old male with prediabetes managed with lifestyle modification and had maintained an A1C of 6%. His BMI is 26. He reports quick development of thick skin plaques, giving dirty appearance, quote-unquote, without itching or discomfort. These plaques are widespread over his neck, back, elbows, and legs, and have started approximately six months ago. Inspection of these lesions reveals typical appearance of acanthosis nigricans. What is the best next step? Start metformin therapy to reduce insulin resistance. Two, start systemic retinoids. Three, start topical calcipotriol. Or three, oncological evaluation. And the correct answer is, oncological evaluation. Acanthosis nigricans is a common benign skin condition that presents with velvety hyperpigmented skin areas and at times involving mucosal tissue. Obesity and insulin resistance have been associated with this condition and likely play a role in its pathogenesis, which is poorly understood and thought to be multifactorial from both genetic and environmental factors. Evaluation for malignancy, typically gastrointestinal adenocarcinoma, is warranted in an atypical presentation which can include rapid progression or extensive involvement or new onset presentation in older lean individuals. Data are limited on the treatment of acanthosis nigricans. Obesity-related or malignancy-related acanthosis nigricans are expected to improve when the underlying cause is treated. It remains unclear if insulin sensitizers such as metformin can improve acanthosis nigricans. Treatment of acanthosis nigricans can include topical retinoids and topical vitamin D analogs such as calcipotriol. Systemic retinoids can even be considered in extensive resistant cases. This elderly male has an atypical presentation of acanthosis nigricans and should be evaluated for malignancy before any treatment directed towards his skin lesions. 
And this concludes episode 14. In the next episode, we will be discussing pancreatic transplant. Thank you for listening.